Welcome to Relevant Risk from the Friar Price Risk Management Center of Excellence, presenting conversations and analysis about risk and risk management for food and agriculture supply chain decision makers, from farmers to consumers and everyone in between. This is Relevant Risk. Hello, this is John Anderson, director of the Friar Price Risk Management Center of Excellence at the University of Arkansas, uh, here with another Relevant Risk podcast. And uh, the guest today uh, on our podcast is a familiar guest, uh, Dr. Hunter Byram, uh, Extension Specialist and Assistant Professor in the Agricultural Economics and Agribusiness Department at the University of Arkansas. Hunter, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, John. I wish it would cool off a little bit. Been a little bit warm. I think as we record this, uh, it's uh, it's roughly 135 degrees outside. I think it's. Oh man! Bad. So I'm sure the heat index is. Like- <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty rough. Uh, and, and Hunter, we're here. We're, we've got you on to talk about a familiar topic, uh, familiar to you, and I think familiar to listeners of the podcast when you are our guest, and that is crop insurance, and specifically some uh, some aspects of the federal crop insurance. Uh, program. And we want to talk today about a piece of that program, maybe a, a subset of coverage that uh, that kind of operates behind the scenes, maybe. At least it's kind of a uh, second level, third level kind of coverage, kind of below the surface. There's this coverage that's sitting there on most of these individual policies, or I guess all of these individual policies, uh, that... Uh, that's pretty important, very important, I think, to, to producers in Arkansas. And I'm talking about preventive planning coverage. And so if you could give a little overview of what preventive planning coverage is, it's a reasonably self-explanatory, as the name implies, but there's a lot of details to this coverage that I think are important both for producers to understand as well as important for the functioning of the crop insurance system. So give us a kind of a prevent plant 101, if you wouldn't mind. That's right. Um, so preventive planning is a coverage that is available in what I'm calling the individual crop insurance, uh, like, like, a, like an individual crop insurance policy, such as yield protection or YP or revenue protection or revenue protection with harvest price exclusion. So it is coverage that is essentially embedded in those products. Like a producer doesn't have to pay additional for the base coverage of preventive planning. Um, so to so, so for a producer to um, I guess more or less gain access to that coverage. Um, they have to. Um, uh, uh, they must. They must be unable to plant an insured crop. It can't just be any crop. It's got to be planting the insured crop. So that there's be failure to plant the insured crop by the final planting date, and that's going to be determined by uh, by RMA. And uh, those planting dates vary by crop. Um, and so once. So- let me interrupt you for just a second. So so what you're saying is if, let's say I'm a corn farmer in eastern Arkansas and I buy a revenue protection policy for my farm on corn, if I can't get that corn crop planted by the last planting date specified in the policy that's determined by RMA, I have a right to make a claim on that prevent plant provision of the insurance. Is that what you're saying? That's right. And I think there's this little stipulation that it has to be shown that there's just no way that 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 you right. can plant it. But as I, long as I can't just say, hey, I didn't get my corn crop planted, but all 275 of my neighbors within a five mile radius got theirs planted, but I didn't, then I'm going to have trouble making that claim. That's right. Yeah. You're going to have trouble convincing that adjuster um, that uh, that that you were unable to do that. Right. But it's a wet spring. We're all having trouble. Fields are rutted up. One of those nightmare springs where 
obviously everybody's having problems in the planning operation. Okay, it's a lot easier case to make. That's it. Okay, very good. And you mentioned individual policy. So this does not apply if I were to take like a group risk protection kind of policy. Is that what you mean by the by specifying the individual policy? That's right. So it, it wouldn't be a part of, you know, stacks, for instance, or margin protection. It's got to be baked into okay. that PRP. Right. Policy. So my revenue protection, yield protection, those, those are the, the, the big ones that we're talking about here. That's right. And, and you know, for the most part, I think YP and RP make up about 76% of the total liability across the right. U.S. anyway. So they're the most popular products uh, right. by and large. So this is something that applies to uh, the vast majority of the policies that are actually being being purchased by producers out there. That's right. Okay. So I interrupted you. Like, carry on with your Prevent Plant 101. Oh, man, there's just so much to it. Um, I, it's uh, it's a very complicated program, and there are definitely a lot of rules. I mean, we just talked about a few of the rules uh, right off the bat. Um, so one rule is, okay, you can get a reduction in that prevent plant indemnity. So let's just go ahead and assume that, you know, everybody had that wet year. Um, it was the nightmare uh, spring. We weren't able to get out there, and all my neighbors, we weren't able to get out there and uh, plant the crop. And so we go to our agent and we say, uh, hey, I'm, I'm going to take prevent plant this year. Okay, well, um, prevent plant coverage varies by crop. So the uh, coverage levels, the base coverage levels, now they will be different than your underlying uh, uh, RP or YP policy. So, you know, let's just say the YP RP coverage levels range from 50 to 85% and 5% increments. You know, we have our eight coverage levels for those. Well, in addition to that, in that prevent plant coverage, um, there is a base coverage for, say, corn um, of 55%. And for soybeans, it's 60%. For rice, it's 55%. For cotton, 50%. Um, peanuts, 55%. And those are just a few of those prevented planting coverage levels. So how is that prevented planting payment determined? Well, it's all based on your underlying liability. Okay, so let's just say um, say that um, a producer, and this is a real raw example, but say that they get 75% um, uh, coverage and uh, their associated liability then is going to be their, let's just say their guarantee is um, $100 an acre. What you would end up doing then is you would actually multiply for corn, for instance, you'd multiply the $100 by the 55% prevent plant coverage level. So then that payment would then be $55 an acre. So there is two key components to the prevent plant payment. That is the, the, the coverage factor for preventive planning and then the underlying liability for the RP or the YP policy. Okay, so let's say, uh, let's say uh, back to a corn policy at 75% coverage RP, revenue protection, that doesn't mean I've got 75% protection on the prevent planning component of that, of that policy. That's going to be different. That's specified by RMA. That's right. So think of it as it's 55% of 75% of that guarantee. It's 55% of the liability of the policy. That's right. Right. That's good. Uh, and the reason for that is with prevent plant, you haven't incurred all the expense of putting the crop in, right? So you don't, it's, it, it's not a, it's not the, not being able to put a crop in the ground is not the same thing as losing a crop on August 1st. That's right. That's right. So the preventive planning coverage is all about pre-production or pre, you know, 
it's all the costs that are incurred leading up to the planting of the crop. So these are, so the prevent plant loss, you know, if you want to think about it from the insurance uh, perspective is it is a non-production loss. So with that 75% RP policy for corn, any losses that say we got that corn in the ground, say that the weather was eh, decent enough to be able to harvest something because, you know, we're in corn harvest right now in Arkansas. So let's just go ahead and say that we were able to harvest, but we had some losses. Those are production losses. Those are going to be mostly yield losses, could be some price losses with the revenue protection. But with prevent plant, it's going to be pre uh, pre-planting, it's not going to be there. There will not be any yield to be calculated, right? Because you were prevented from planting, so it's going to be all of the costs. So, so you're going to have protection. The pro a producer will have protection uh, against all of those costs, those sunk costs incurred with attempting to plant the crop. And so RMA, they have their methodology, and they determined that 55% is the coverage level for corn, and you know 55% is the coverage level um, for rice, and that. It, what is it 50 you know, what is it 55 percent of it's going to be 55 percent of that total cost essentially is the way to think about it right so as 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 most things with rma we can quibble with with the numbers they come up with but they do pretty systematically approach this notion of what share of cost should we consider being sunk by the time we've got that last we hit that last planning date that's right. And these are done by crop across the country. So there's no like right. state level or county level uh, coverage factor. This is going to be for by crop, but across the country. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously it's, it's a, it's a, not a lot of granularity there in, 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 in that number, but an attempt to identify a, a reasonable share of those production costs that somebody would have incurred. Sure. Absolutely. Now let's talk a little bit about a if if I have a prevent plant claim. Let's say uh, let's say I, uh, the last planting date has uh, has has passed on the calendar, and um, I have not been able to get a crop in despite every reasonable effort that I could make. I call the adjuster and say I've got a prevent planting claim. What's what what is next and what are my options from that point do i just take a check and then and then sit at home or what what can i do with that because there are some different possibilities there that's right there there are a few things um first you can leave the land fallow you can leave the land fallow and then you will get 100 percent of the prevented planning uh, indemnity so you'll get a full plant indemnity if you leave the land fallow second option is you can plant a cover crop on that ground that you prevented planting now as long as you don't harvest the cover crop for grain or for seed you'll still get the full pp indemnity but if you harvest that cover crop for grain or for seed then your uh your payment is reduced uh, by 65 percent Similarly, the third option is um, to plant a second crop in the acreage that you uh, prevented planting that 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 you claim for prevented planting. So let's say that uh, we had PP rice, for instance, um, and then uh, later we went ahead and, and we planted and insured soybeans, and that's that's key as well. You got to it's got to be uh, that the soybeans were planted and insured. Um, as that second crop. And you, then if you do that, you also get a 65% uh, reduction in your indemnity. Now, in both of those cases that I mentioned where you get the payment reduction, uh, your premium is also reduced on that first crop. So you, so your premium also is reduced by 65%. So your net indemnity or your indemnity minus premium or your indemnity net of premium uh, is reduced by 65%.
um, if you plant that. Uh, plant harvest either a cover crop for cedar grain or plant ensure um, and harvest um, the second crop if the second crop incurs losses. Now, it even gets a little bit more in the weeds here. So what if you don't have a loss? This is kind of a weird scenario for me to think about. But what if you don't have a loss on that second crop soybeans, for instance? Then you can still get the full prevented planting claim. It's only when that second crop has the loss. Um, so those are your, the, the, those are the three alternatives um, that, that that a farmer has when they're thinking about their prevented planting coverage. So realistically in Arkansas, the, the second crop or the backup crop would be soybeans pretty much exclusively for most people, whether we're prevented planting on, on, on corn or rice or cotton, uh, we would back up with soybeans. I guess if you're prevented planting on soybeans, you... Uh, you plant a cover crop and go on maybe. Uh, but soybean is kind of the, the most flexible crop in terms of planting window. So that's primarily what we're talking about is that backup crop. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, soybeans, you can plant, you know, I guess uh, you can, quote unquote, plant it a lot later. Your yield potential is reduced right. significantly yeah. if you do plant that second crop. Uh, but you can plant soybeans after rice or soybeans after corn on that land. Um, you know, is it always feasible? Uh, not exactly. Uh, but, you know, there may be certain circumstances where that uh, is the case. But I think the the two biggest takeaways from this is just to think about that, you know, it's more ideal to plant. It's more ideal to produce. It's more ideal to have that um, have that growing season. And secondly, Army wants that. Like, I mean, as farmers generally, they want to harvest. They they want to plant the crop. They want to harvest it. And that's what RMA wants too. And so, all of these rules are set in place to, I guess provide some accountability and provide some structure um, as to making sure that we achieve that still. And that there's, I mean, we've done everything we can do to try and plan harvest that crop. Yeah, there's, there's nobody wants to create an incentive for not producing. That's right. That's, yeah, yeah that's doomsday right there. We, we definitely right. don't want that. Right, that's, that's where policy unintended consequences really, really crop up. Uh, the reason we're talking about prevent plant, this is a pretty, uh, this is a pretty important component of the program to to people in the mid south, I would say, based on the, the the levels of prevent plant, the prevent the number or, or total liability and prevent plant claims that we see in this region. Is that fair to say? It is. Um, per I'm not sure what the dollar amounts are or what percentage of losses uh, those dollar amounts are, but uh, I will just tell you that um, we do use prevent plant quite a bit um, in the Mid-South. And um, I think a lot of that is driven by, we do have wet springs and I do think that mm -hmm. a lot of it's driven by weather. And uh, so we, we utilize the coverage quite a bit. So, and that also relates to, to planting date. I mean, I hear a, a lot of people that use the programs really quibble a lot over over planting dates and are they accurate? And the the prevent plant program, I think is one thing that really highlights why planting dates are important. Obviously that's something that we wanna have right. And uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I, I would not try to either defend or attack RMA's planting dates, but just to say there's a, there's a lot of incentive to get that planting date right. And part of that incentive is related to this prevent plant uh, coverage that people have. That's right. I mean, just as we mentioned earlier, um, the later you wait to plant yield potential falls, it doesn't matter if it's an earlier planted crop like corn or rice or a later planted crop uh, like uh, cotton or soybeans. Um, it, just delaying the planting um, is uh, going to hurt that yield potential. I mean, I don't right. know how many 
how many times I've heard whenever I go to production meetings or I'm at county meetings and, um, you know, the agronomists are saying, hey, earlier is better, earlier is better. And farmers, I mean, I, I've even heard that there's one farmer who's tried to triple crop by planting, you know, as early as January. I mean, like, I mean, earlier is better. And I mean, yeah. the, the yield potential uh, is greater uh, the earlier that you plant. So there is this balancing act when you talk about that that last planting date and that that balance is between making sure that there's adequate time to to get a crop in and give that crop a good chance, but also on the backside of that, not going so far with that late planting date that the yield potential of the crop is impinged and we would have bigger production losses on the backside of that. That's right. So that's kind of the optimum that we're looking for is where can we set that date so that we give people the best chance to get the crop in without an adverse effect on yield potential because of late planting. And that's a that's a pretty delicate issue. It is. And um, I know that we have uh, talked to RMA. I say we, we as an extension. I know that um, I've heard uh, our corn agronomist, he has spoken with RMA about this. I know there have been others uh, in this space uh, at the institution that um, have uh, spoken with RMA about pushing planting dates back and, you know, do we have it right yet? Um, is it, is it, is it totally, uh, is, is it totally airtight in terms of have we found the right date yet? Um, you know, I'm not fully convinced that we have, but I think that's where research comes in. And I know that there are people uh, on faculty here and in other places that have studied that. So I think it is something that is very important. I mean, it really, I think that planning date drives most of these losses. Um, yeah. I, I think once we can figure out what that planning date is, uh, we may see uh, may see those losses uh, fall, actually. Another difficult challenge here related to that is that technology is constantly evolving. And so what is an optimal planning date now versus 10 years ago, for instance, 15 years ago? Those may be different things because of the, the equipment complement that we use or because of the genetics of the varieties that we're planting. But uh, we're using historic data to try to assess that planning date. But technology evolves pretty rapidly, which could potentially change that. So uh, the decisions around that are fairly difficult. That's right. I mean, and on top of that, you know, we have changing weather patterns. Um, right. It has been very wet. I know in 2022, uh, so before I started, you know, I've barely been here. I guess I've been here about a year and a uh, year and a couple months now. And uh, at, but before I had started, um, there was a lot of rain, I know, in Arkansas. And uh, mm -hmm. I was looking at all the losses and kind of giving those crop updates and doing those production meetings. And um, we definitely had a very, very wet, uh, very, very wet spring. And we had a lot of losses. Uh, total opposite this year. Uh, but anyway, all that to say, um, that that is not an uncommon thing, though, to have the total right year uh more or less actually the the less common weather phenomena is uh what we had this year i mean the, the weather has been uh way too good um it's been one of those it's been unusually good it's kind of like it's quiet a little too quiet you know uh but for the most part <laughs> the weather has been mostly good this year but last year um not unheard of to have those extremely wet seasons yeah it's been a little hot i'll complain a little bit about the heat I mean, it has been hot, but, you know, I was just talking with our corn agronomist this morning and he's like, you know, it's kind of hot and dry and we're in corn harvest right now. And he's like, so it's kind of an ideal situation, uh, at least for corn. So, well, and, let, and we do stipulate, I mean, honestly, now when we talk about Arkansas crops, we just almost assume 100 percent irrigation on our major crops. Uh, we don't have very many dry land acres left in this state. And so uh, if we've got water uh we feel pretty good about our chances of getting a crop if we can uh, if we can get it in the ground and not have to take that prevent plant payment right 
That's right. So, I mean, I, I think what you're trying to say is the the flood risk with prevent plant probably is the is the bigger risk rather than drought yeah. since we do have the irrigation in place. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Hunter, anything else we need to know about prevent plant that we haven't touched on? I can't think of anything else. I think we've hit on uh, hit on the important rules, um, first and second crop rules. Oh, one thing I will add um, is if if you plant and ensure that second crop soybeans, for instance, so let's talk about a rice soybean right here. So like say we PP rice and plant soybeans and ensure it. Um, the APH, the actual production history or that farm level uh, uh, yield average based on some historical farm level yields, for a given crop, that APH will take a hit on the rice. So the APH is reduced by 60%. So what I've looked at already is if a farmer takes, plants that second crop, ensures it after rice, they take a 4% hit on their APH in the grand scheme of what their 10 year yield history would look like. So every time that that 60% hit on the on the entry, just the one year entry uh, of APH. So you take the 60% hit, so say, you know, it's like a hundred bushels an acre, 60%, but now you get 60 bushels an acre is what your yield is gonna be recorded for for that year. So say you do that, you know, over and over again, you're gonna do 4% that year. And if you do this, you know, eight to 10 times, you could lose 32 to, you know, 40% of what your APH could have been had you never taken taken the PP payment. So this has implications, not just in the near term. Um, right. I mean, that, that check may look good, but in the long run, your yield guarantee is gonna fall drastically if this is something that happens year over year. Okay, that's a good, that's a really important point. There is, it's, uh, there, there is an APH penalty when one takes a prevent plant claim. Is that the, the bottom line? And that's important because that affects the coverage that you can get in subsequent years. So APH or actual production history uh, is, is, is used to establish the liability on the insurance purchase. So uh, what you're saying is if I'm repeatedly taking prevent plant claims, I am degrading my actual production history that's used to calculate my coverage in subsequent years. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, think about two states of the world. So let's think about a state of the world where, you know, we never have to take prevent plant. Maybe the weather's good in every single year. And so we get that nice 10 year APH yield history. Things look really good versus the other world where well, we have to take, you know, PP, you know, even up to 10 times. Um, you could lose in some instances, you know, up to 40 percent of what that could have been in the ideal right. world. And so that means your yield guarantee falls by 40 percent in that 10th year after uh, you've done right. this for consecutive years. Yeah, so it's certainly something to think about uh, when you think about optimizing over multiple years, not just within a single year. Something that it 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 will follow you um, after you do yeah. this. If you, that's the second crop. Again, like if you just plant and leave it fallow, it's totally fine. Um, but planting and then uh, or plant or taking prevent plant and then planting the second crop after it, um, that's that's going to introduce some trouble in the long run. Okay. All right, Hunter, appreciate you joining us. Uh, this is, a, I think, an important topic for our producers. Again, Prevent Plant is, is kind of embedded in that insurance program in a way that's not necessarily transparent to a lot of people, but it's something that's really important uh, to our state and, and I think to the region uh, more broadly. So appreciate you being here with us, Hunter. This is John Anderson uh, with uh, Relevant Risk. Thanks for joining us. 
Thanks for listening to the Relevant Risk Podcast, a production of the Fryer Price Risk Management Center of Excellence in the Department of Agricultural Economics and Agribusiness within the University of Arkansas system. The Fryer Price Risk Management Center of Excellence carries out teaching activities through the Dale Bumpers College of Agricultural Food and Life Sciences at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville and research and extension activities through the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Visit fryer-risk-center.uada.edu for more information. Thanks for listening.